Growing up sucks. Just ask Eric Lauber, father of three 20-somethings and a college professor for decades. Eric helps young adults get smarter, richer, healthier, and happier on the hashtag adulting podcast, Growing Up Sucks. Hey, I'm so glad you tune in today to the Growing Up Sucks podcast. We're going to talk with Cassidy, who thought she'd bring up the topic of parent-child relationships and how they change as young adults. And she's gotten to 21 now, and she says she's in a good place with her mom. But you know, there's been a lot of changes over the years, and we're going to talk about how you as a growing person want to change those relationships. Probably you want to set some boundaries. You want to have more control. And that's, that's an important thing. You've got to have really repeated conversations with your parents about. So we, we talk about how to do that. And then we, we talk about also if you're going to grow up and have more power over your life, you also have some additional responsibilities. So thanks for tuning in. We'll get right into it. Hey, Cassidy, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to Growing Up Sucks. So uh, I know we're going to get into a pretty sensitive topic today about parent and child relationships. But uh, before we do that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, um, I'm a college student. I just turned 21 last week. I am an English ed major, so I will teach secondary English, so like junior high or senior high. I have a minor in journalism, and then I also just picked up an ESL certificate, so I'll teach English as a second language for kindergarten through 12th graders, too. Um, All right. Well, first, let me say congratulations on being a teacher. That's a, thanks. a great job. I've loved doing it for my entire career, and I think you'll love it as well. Tell us just a little bit about the kind of place you're from. Is it a small town, a big town, big city? I'm from a relatively small town. Um, it's kind of one where everybody knows everybody, but not all the time. Um, so, well, like more than 10,000 people. So, it's oh, not, yeah, it's not, not 3,000 like, like I came. No, no. okay, but, but still small. How big was your high school? I graduated with, I think, 130. So we caught, we pretty much knew everybody. Okay. Each other, so. I got you. Well, yeah, when you messaged me, you said, let's talk about the evolving or changing relationship that you have with your parents. You're now, what'd you say, 21? Yeah. So you've been through this from 17 to 21 is a pretty interesting change. Would you, well, how do you get, you get along with both parents the same? I do. I'm closer to my mom. My parents are divorced. They split up when I was two. Um, so, and I've lived with my mom my entire life. So I'm just naturally closer to my mom. And I'm also a girl. So I feel like we, I have a closer connection to her to begin with. Um, but I do. I get along with them both very well. Oh, great, great. Well, tell me just in a, in a briefly, you get a good relationship with your mom. How has it changed over the years? Um, so... I've always been really close to her. She was my person who I could go to about anything and everything, especially in high school. You're changing so much. So many different things are happening. Um, we became nearly inseparable when I was in high school. We would like go to the mall together. We would go get lunch on Fridays after school. That was like a running thing because we got out early in time for lunch. She was still my parent and I was still the kid, um, but we had a relationship that was like built on mutual respect, understanding. Um, I never gave her a reason to have to give me a curfew. I feel like if something like that would have happened, maybe our relationship would have changed. But I always was like, hey mom, I'm going, I'm going to so-and-so's house tonight. What time do you want me home? And I think that's where we started to build that trust. She'd be like, okay, be home by midnight. I was home in time. I remember the one time I was out with my boyfriend and we were at, um, 
a diner, like, I don't know, 20 minutes from my house. And I had to be home at 10 o'clock on school nights. And it was like five minutes till I had to be home and we hadn't left yet. And I was so scared, but, um, everything changed when I came to school to college. And then when I moved home for my first break, because I developed my own habits and routines. She developed her own habits and routines without me. And I was so used to doing whatever I wanted to do. You know, I went to dinner when I wanted, I could leave, come and go as I please. That didn't happen when I moved back home. She would be like, where are you going? Um, Cause I wouldn't check in with her and things like that. So we really had to learn how to develop that change. Like, Hey mom, yeah, I've been away at school. I'm used to doing these things on my own. I understand I'm back at your house. Things are different here. Um, so that was probably a really big bump was readjusting that relationship part there. But now three years later, we have what I would call a friendly parent child relationship. Um, I come and go as I please. I still keep her in the loop with everything though. Um, and even when I'm, you know, back here at school because I, I live about an hour away um, from home for school or if I'm traveling far, um, I make sure she knows where I'm going, when I'm gonna be home, those things. And we Cass talk. Often. Cassidy, you, uh, you're not the norm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm I'm old enough to know and I have lots of friends who are parents and raised three kids. This usually doesn't go quite as smooth as what you just described, right? Trust me. I know my younger sister is 13 and she gives my mom a run for her money. So. And you've had friends, right? Whose relationship with their parents didn't go this smooth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. you didn't give your mom reason not to trust you is what you said. Like, yep. I, I always told her where I was going, what I was doing, who I was yeah. hanging with because and, and my mom's biggest end. yeah well on school on school nights, school nights back in high school I was right. in high school it was 10 o'clock on school nights and then the weekends was pretty much whatever um but well, my mom's biggest thing she always preached to me and my sister was don't give me a reason to not trust you oh. and so that's where we've always started to develop our boundaries that, that's a really good point and 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 we could start with that but i just want to share with you None of my three kids did it go <laughs> as smooth as what you just described. I mean, uh, even my daughter, who I got along with great until she was a teenager, and then suddenly dad was not her favorite person. In fact, dad, she didn't <laughs> talk to for a while. And I've talked to other fathers, and they say the same thing, that, that it sometimes happened. The daughter is so close to the dad that the, the daughter has to separate yeah. really strongly from the father so that, you know, the, their own identity. Um, but definitely not with my boys. I mean, I had two boys and we, we went head to head more than once. And uh, there was a lot more shouting and a lot more uh, anger than I, than I heard in your voice. <laughs> and, uh, and there was, a, there was one of them be, before they went to college. I don't know that I talked to that one for a while. I mean, we were so angry with each other and so cold with each other. And, and I'm just, I'm sharing just to show that this doesn't always happen. <laughs> as well as you wanted to. And I'm a psychologist, my wife's a master psychology. I mean, it's just, we did our best, but, and I think it's, we have to, we have to put on the table first. It's personalities, right? So yeah. some, oh, yeah. some kids are more risk takers. They're out there pushing the boundaries. They're crossing the line. They have a very hard time with authority, parents or otherwise, and they're going to have a rougher time under somebody else's roof. Yeah. 
till they leave, right? Exactly. Um, I even saw that too in my boyfriend, him and his brother are complete opposites with how they get along with their parents too. Um, my boyfriend was just like me, real easy going, like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm going to be home this time. Okay. His brother is just like how my younger sister is, where they were giving them a run for their money. And it's because their personalities are different. My sister and I are night and day. Yeah. So. And, and I had three and it can be even three different kinds. I mean, there could be seven <laughs> different kinds, right? You got seven kids, you got seven different personalities. So mm-hmm. you have to adapt to that. That. All right. So uh, let's talk as if we're going to help other people here. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how we make this transition. Because I went through with my parents and I was a very angry teen. So when I, I saw my boys do it, I went, oh, payback. <laughs> um, I, I think there's two pieces to this puzzle that I should lay out. One is that you kind of have to figure out what you want the relationship to be, what boundaries you may want to set, and then how do you make that happen? So there are two different things, right? So getting it to happen is almost always going to be through a conversation, multiple conversations. But before that can happen, you kind of have to know what it is you're trying to accomplish in the conversation. So Give us an example. Was there a time where you're like, I, I need to tell my mom, I don't want her to ask this or to know this or something? Um, I think probably a year into my relationship, my boyfriend and I have been together over three and a half years. She was not asking more personal questions, but if I was like, oh, Zach and I are fighting right now, she would want to know exactly what we were fighting about. And I had to have a conversation with her about that. Like, um, mom, sometimes I don't need to tell you everything about my relationship. You know, it's between me and him. Sometimes I do still tell her if, um, you know, we're in an argument and I want her advice on how to approach like a subject. Um, but I've had to politely ask her to take a step back when it comes to the those types of conversations that I have with my boyfriend because from experience bringing outside people into those fights does not go very well. And I'll make two replies to that. One is, is the word advice you used. And the second one is outside people. So uh, young folks will naturally start to share with their friends, the kinds of stuff they would have shared in the past only with their parents including boyfriend-girlfriend relationships, bad stuff that happens at school, you know, just the stuff that they need to get off their chest. Mm-hmm. It's natural to start to not do that as much with the parents and do it with other people. And that's healthy. Um, I do that. I have some friends out here that I talk to about certain things that I wouldn't necessarily talk to my mom about anymore. And a lot anymore. of it has to do with, they go to the same school as me, so they understand some of those frustrations a little bit better than my mom would. And that key word you said was anymore. See, uh, my first comment is parents have a hard time changing because they're not the one changing so fast. Mm -hmm. Whatever worked in the past, they consider is going to keep working. People are creatures of habit. So if they're in a habit of asking you this question and that question and finding out this or that or setting these boundaries or, or giving permissions, and then you change and they're not aware of the change, or they, they don't keep up with the change, it unfortunately falls upon the young adult to signal that change. Hey, I'm no longer that 15-year-old. I'm, I'm, I'm 17. I'm 18. I'm, I'm 21 now. 
I, I don't need to come to you with this. Yeah. Uh, how about I, I indicate to you when I want your advice and otherwise we kind of get out of the advice giving relationship. You agree? I see your head shaking. Yeah. I've learned, yeah. I've learned to not tell my mom about things that I don't want her advice on. Or if I know specifically something's going on that I want her advice on, I'll tell her about it. Where if it's something else, I'll go to one of my friends. Is it possible to say to her, look, I want to tell you this, but I don't want your advice. Have you tried that? Um, or is she just always going to give advice no matter what? <laughs> if you, if you describe Not necessarily problem. all the time. I think she can tell by my tone of voice or how I approach her about what I'm telling her as to if I'm looking for advice or comfort or something like that. Because um, yeah. if I'm like really distraught about something, she won't offer me advice right away. She'll just be right there to help me talk through it. A lot of times I've had, to, I've gone to her about decisions with my major about picking up my journalism minor and then recently adding the ESL certificate. And she just listens. She lets me ramble on, talk through the whole thing. And then she'll go, Cass, you just made up your mind, didn't you? I said, yeah, I just really needed you to listen. And that, yeah. that's yeah. what I needed. And so again, I want to jump in because, uh, it's personalities, right? So yeah. parents have personalities as well. Mm-hmm. They're not all the same. So whatever we say today is going to have to, to whoever's out there listening, is going to have to be dialed into their situation. Yes. And it can even be two different parents. For example, I'm a, I'm a problem solving kind of guy. Any of my kids or even my wife come to me with something, I want to solve it. And my wife has had to teach me over the years, that's not always what I'm looking for because it sounds like advice. Sounds like you're solving something. I didn't ask you for a solution to it, right? Yeah. Where she's much better just listening and being empathetic and letting the person work it out themselves. And it's just, I think it's a, it could be a male-female difference. It could just be a personality difference. So, you know, if, if the person in your life that you want to set the boundary with is that kind of person, you have to be a little more forceful to say, I just need you to listen. Can you just listen? I don't want you to solve it. I don't want you to go into problem solving mode. And they might have to practice that, practice not doing that <laughs> to yeah. get good at it. Because we have our habits, you know, that's the, what we do. That's what we lead with. So, and even and- as the child, it's so, it's so important to not feel bad about saying, I just need you to listen. That's all I need from you. It's hard to yeah. a little bit more control, but... Well, we have to do with our friends too, right? Because yeah. we'll have the same kind of relationship with friends. Some friends will want to solve the problem and some will be good listeners. So mm-hmm. you know, we have to recognize that. Um, I want to mention, by the way, uh, saying thank you sometimes. to the, I know you probably do, Cassidy, but maybe not yeah. everybody out there does. How wonderful it is for me to hear that just once a year or so from one of my kids. Like, thank you for raising us this way. Thank you. I know we had some tough times. We got through it. Thank you for some of the things. They didn't say thank you for everything. Just yeah. thank you for, for some of the things you did as a parent. Boy, does that soften me up for, <laughs> for whatever the next thing might be that they're going to say. And that reminds me of the Oreo method. I don't know if you've heard of the sandwich method or the... Yeah. Yeah, you're a teacher. You probably... So just um, yeah, I use it all the time. What is the sandwich method or Oreo method? So you provide a or we also talk about is like two grows, two glows and a grow. Um, So you provide positive feedback and then you provide something that could be worked on and then you 
provide another positive feedback because you always want to wrap up with something happy. Right. And you know what? It works on parents. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have a tough conversation with me, I'd love it if you'd start with something positive. <laughs> yeah. And then you gradually got me into the critical thing, you know, the, the thing that we know is going to be a tougher part of the conversation. And then let's end again on something real positive. So if you go in knowing that you're going to do, we call it the Oreo cookie method. Mm-hmm. You're going to do that sandwich method. That's, a, that's just a principle for life. That works with yeah. 99% of the people you work with anyway. So I, let's go back to boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries is really what I think we're talking about because you have a relationship that is changing because you're changing rapidly, but your parents are not changing. Yes. And you want to take more control and more decision-making probably over your life, Mm -hmm. which includes how late you stay out, whether you have a drink or not, what kind of relationships you have, also control over the information. And parents want to protect you. That's their number one thought. They don't even say it out loud, but it's in their head. So one of the reasons they're asking all the questions is it's built in to protect you as much as they can, even from yourself. I don't have an answer to this because I never <laughs> did get over this. I still want to protect my three. They're 20 somethings. They're all older than you. I still want to know what's going on so that I can say to them, don't do that or do this other thing. Cause I want to protect you and I have to let go. Yeah. I have to learn to just let them make their own decisions. You know, one of the things that I think you can do with parents is called managing up. Have you heard that phrase? No, I haven't. We talk about it in my leadership classes. Managing up means I'm the lower status, lower authority person. You're my manager, basically. Okay. That doesn't mean that I don't have input in how we interact or how you and I do this job together. It's just called managing up. I have to inform my manager about me how I like to work, how I don't like to work, the things that they do that I think are useful, the things that I think are not useful. Managing up means it's not all one-way communication. It's two-way. You can manage up with your parents. And you can say, you know, I, I really appreciated when you did this. I didn't appreciate it quite so much when we had that conversation and went this direction. And I want you to realize that I want to grow up and be on my own. I want to make more decisions on my own. I want to be in control of the information about my life more. And that's, that's just a change in our relationship that's going to continue to evolve. You hear what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I am. That's something that is really good to keep in mind, um, especially with parents, because um, those are the hardest boundaries to set. But even how you said in the workplace, too, as young adults, we sometimes get walked over because we're young and people don't think we necessarily know a whole lot. Um, But definitely with parents, you know, it's good to recall on something that you really enjoyed that they have done in your life. Um, And then ease in to, hey, I don't think this was the right thing for us. Um, Why don't we talk about that? Yeah. Hey, and, and on another day, we'll talk about having really emotional, high stakes conversations, because that's a whole nother topic. Yes. And it's, oh, it's yeah. as difficult with a parent as it is with anyone else. Trust All me, the, I know. Because you love them so much and they love you so much and you don't want to have an argument, but they are necessary sometimes. And this could be a topic that turns into an argument. You know, say, I don't, I don't want to curfew, I'm 20. But I want to say that this conversation is not a one-time thing. No. It's repeated for three distinct reasons that I can think of. One is because you might have to cover different content 
in each repeated conversation. Okay. So the last conversation was about bedtime. This next one's about, do I have to sit here for dinner, you know, or whatever it might be. The second reason is repetition is necessary to break habits. And you, you have to understand that parent has had a habit of taking care of you and knowing everything about you for a long, long time, years and years and years. It's just a habit to ask these questions and to want to be in charge of your life. So that's another reason it has to be a repeated conversation. And, and three is you're changing. Mm-hmm. So it, the conversation of at 17 is different at 19, is different at 20, is different at 21. You have exactly. to have more of these conversations because you're going to change. And it's okay to change your mind. I want to tell that to everybody out there. It's okay to change your mind. The trick, of course, is to communicate that. Yeah. So you, uh, you have a really good relationship with your mom. I do. Right I'm now. I'm so thankful. Yeah. It's going. You've seen friends who don't. Yes. What are some things that they've done wrong? My friend or... The parent or like the combo of the two. Yeah, either one. I think we got to get it out there. We got to start talking about where, how we need to avoid some of the things that have gone bad. Um, so I'm thinking of one of my best friends. She has never had a relationship with her mom because her mom has never been in the picture. Um, so that's something completely different besides these dynamics. Um, but another friend of mine, she has a good relationship with her mom. They are pretty close. Um, but they struggle with some of these topics because of how her mom's childhood was, how she grew up, how her parents were. And I've learned from my friends, seeing my friends with their parents, that a lot of parents, not all of them, but a lot of parents tend to parent the way that they were parented. Um, You took the words right out of my mouth. That was was (laughs) one of my main points. That's something that needs to be addressed sometimes because just because you were raised a certain way does not mean you have to raise your children that way. Yeah. And that's a conversation with the parent. And unfortunately that conversation may fall upon the shoulders of the child Yeah, because there may not be anybody else in that world who can have that. But, but yeah, parents, people, and I, we have a parenting blog. So parents parent the way they were parented because what else do they know? (laughs) When it comes to the day-to-day, what are the, what are the rules in this house? How do things operate here? What's the, what's the punishments that we hand out? What are the rewards that we hand out? What else do I know? A lot of parents don't read parenting books. Mm-hmm. I know because I wrote one. <laughs> it's, just, it's not something that a lot of them pick up and it's like, hey, I'm, they're now 17. I think I'll go read a parenting book now. That yeah. doesn't work like that. So uh, that's true. I think part of the conversation that could be useful is to is to also throw in the world is different today from when you were a kid and your parents were raising you. Yes. Be concrete about that, not in a bad way, just a descriptive way. Like, mom, I just, you didn't have social media the way we do. You didn't have a yeah. cell phone that was constantly interacting. You didn't have this and this and other thing. I have to adapt to this new world. And sometimes the old parenting techniques are not the right ones. I keep, I think about that often with my sister and I, I turned 21, she's 13, 14, sorry, if she sees this and I called her the wrong age, she will let oh, me. Oh, no, oh, I know, yeah, she's 14. Yeah, she's 14. Um, when I was 14, I didn't have a phone. I think I got my, pho- my first phone when I was 15. 
And growing up, I didn't have the technology immediately available to me like she does. She got her first smartphone at like 11. But we grew up with like the Wii. I mean, I had the Wii when I was younger, but we grew up with all of those different things. My younger cousin is five and he has his own iPad. So I think that also really plays into effect the um, parenting style between like my mom and me and then my mom and my sister because I grew up with her, you know, my mom and I spent more time together because I didn't have technology to occupy yeah. my mind all the time where my sister does. She just hibernates in her room with her phone. And, yeah. you know. Well, and she's got more contact with people outside the house 24 yes. seven. I remember yes. this is, takes us too far afield. I remember my kids getting bullied through social media and I was completely floored. I'm like, Cause when I got bullied at school, I went home, I was safe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't see the kid the next day. It, it we could, went through it, that with my sister. It yeah, was, but you go home and you're on your phone. They're still bullying you, right? Yeah. That's a whole. It was problem. bad. She couldn't get away from it. Right. That's. I'm sad. I'm really sad about that. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I want to switch gears. Cassidy, you, you're a very ambitious young woman who says mm-hmm. like three degrees or something. I don't know certificates and you're good. Yeah. There are kids, excuse me, young adults out there. Or I think need to hear what my wife always said to my children. Act like an adult and you'll be treated like an adult. <laughs> there are times when uh, risk-taking, 17 to 21 is a good, good range of increased risk-taking, where you're not acting like an adult. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the parent supposed to do? Just stand by? <laughs> no. They, they, they haven't been trained to do that. They've been, they've been in charge of you till you're at least teenagers, right? So that that's their they feel it's their job to get in there when you're doing bad things or taking risks things you shouldn't be doing and that's a different kind of conversation right i I, i'm asking those young people to recognize that you got to take care of your future self that's what an adult does an adult looks ahead and goes i could do that but (laughs) it's really likely some bad outcome is going to occur so I won't do that. It doesn't mean there's nothing wrong with going and out and having fun and doing things with your friends, but you have personally, you have to see and learn and set the boundaries with yourself, which is something we will probably be talking about later on too in a different podcast, but yeah. set the boundaries with yourself where you're like, this is probably not a smart idea. I had to do that with myself my freshman year when I was like, all right, we're really going to school to be a teacher. We have to keep the social media clean. We have to check and make sure we're hanging out with the right people. Um, those types of things, because they, they will come back and they will haunt you, especially um, specific job careers. Right. And the social media, the pictures, mm-hmm. the things you put out there. But I want to broaden that concept just a tiny bit. I'm a big Marvel Universe fan. I read comic books since I was tiny. And Stan Lee's phrase has always stuck in my mind, with great power comes great responsibility. I don't know if you're a Marvel fan or not. I think it might be from (laughs) Spider-Man. I I just want to adapt that. When you grow up and you want more power, you get more responsibility. You want more power over your life. You want to make more decisions about your life. You have more responsibility for your life. What you do then, what you decide to do, has implications for you and of course everybody around you. Yeah. And if your parents are gonna 
give you that power or let you take that power, you have a responsibility to do good things with it. That's, and that's where I get really nervous about some people. Yeah. Um, feeling the, not repercussions, but the, um, that responsibility that you have and in, the, in a moment you actually feel it, it feels amazing. Um, I have done so well with my credit and managing money and everything. I was able to be a lead signer on a new Jeep for myself this summer. My mom had to co-sign for me, but 20 years old, I bought a Jeep and I was the lead signer. And I remember sitting there looking at my mom and she was like, you did this. You're the one who got you to where you are right now. And that was like the biggest feeling of pride I could have ever felt up in my life up to now. Oh, I'm so happy you told that story. That is, <laughs> it was amazing. And that's hard for a 17, 18, 19 year old to see that when they're yeah. 20, they're going to want that feeling. And, yes. and what you just said, the biggest source of pride is that I got here on my own, or at least most mm -hmm. of my own. And, I most now, and now I'm a grown up. Now I'm an adult making adult decisions and I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. I'm gonna, a dirty little secret. What parents really want is for you to take care of yourself. I mean, ultimately, I know not all parents say this. If you ask your parent, what do they want for their kids? They're going to say happy, but that's not the right answer. The right answer is independent. Yes. I want this young thing, this infant to one day not need me <laughs> to be able to take care of their life the way I take care of my life as a grown up. Mm -hmm. That's what we want. And the more you start to show that and that evolves, we're happy in a way that we can't really describe sometimes. But fundamentally, that's the goal of parenting is not to be a parent anymore. And it's not like you and your mom got that relationship well down the road. You end up being friend parents, if you will. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're friend parent. We're friend, a friendly parent child, something like that. Right, right. I, I think that's fantastic. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. Let me just say a couple more things. And, we'll, and uh, I know you've got a limited amount of time. These conversations are going to be tough. It's yes. okay to have emotions. It's okay to not want these conversations, to be afraid of them, to be to cry in some of these in conversations. That's okay. I cry in them because I cry when I'm frustrated. I cry when I'm panicked. I cry when I'm scared. I cry when I'm just feeling a whole bunch of different emotions. It doesn't, and my mom always panics. I'm like, no, I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It happens. We're human. We have those emotions. It's good that you're displaying them. Right. And please just, if it helps, you can just look at it as a physiological reaction, like sweating. Yeah. I, I'm crying. Exactly. It's just my body doing that. I'm still lucid. My mind is still here. I haven't gone off on some planet. I yeah. wish I wasn't crying, but I <laughs> that am. That was me last night. My car battery died last night, and I cried talking to my mom on the phone about it just because something bad happened. But yeah. 15 minutes later, when I was on the phone with a tow truck, perfectly fine. Right. I cried. <laughs> and crying's okay. Don't yeah. feel guilty that you're going to have a conversation with a parent where you're going to try to set some boundaries. Try to figure out ahead of time what you want the boundaries to be. And when you have that conversation, of course, be reasonable. You know, 14 year olds don't get to set their own curfew in my, in my world. Um, but be reasonable, but don't feel guilty that you're going to try that. And it's never going to be perfect. Right. No. That you're not going to have constant happiness between a parent-child relationship, not even mine, not even my wife's and my three kids, which she's a much better parent than me, probably, <laughs> my humble opinion.
but you know, we get along really, really well as far as I can tell, but we still have moments. We still have tough conversations and that's going to be, you're going to, yeah, you're going to us being human. And that, I honestly feel like that's something that helps keep a relationship healthy is acknowledging these different thoughts and these different things between the two of you. That's why when my boyfriend and I fight, I don't get that upset anymore because I know that we're both bringing our emotions and our feelings to each other and we're talking about them. We're not just slipping them under the rug and forgetting about them. No, I, I tell you what, let's have you bring back. I want to talk more about tough conversations and relationships like that. I can do that. We'll do that some other day. But I, st- I want to end with, I still love it when they say thank you. <laughs> Years down the road in their 20s, and they bring up something that they were grateful for back when they were 14. I'm like, oh, finally, finally, we heard that thank you we've been waiting for for yeah. 10 years. Cassie, it's been great talking to you today. Thanks for sharing your stuff. Oh, you're welcome. It was good to be here. All right. And like I said, I'm going to call you back and we're going to get you back on the show again. I'll be here soon. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Growing Up Sucks podcast with Eric Lauber. 